Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Seventh Man Podcast. I'm Will Beverina. I run Dimer2K.com and write about the NBA 2K League. I'm Josiah Cohen, and I write about the NBA 2K League on Dimer2K.com. And I'm Len. I'm, I'm a little new here, but I also write about the NBA 2K League with Dimer2K. Yes, everyone, welcome Jordan Ross, a.k.a. Len, to the pod. He is the newest member of our team here at Dimer, so naturally... He's going to be chatting with us on the 7th Man Podcast from here on out. Give him a follow at Len underscore 2K for additional NBA 2K League coverage. We're back for episode 17. You can check out all of our previous episodes on the YouTube channel. Just search 7th Man Podcast. And we have the past few episodes on iTunes and Podbean as well. I've also just put everything on Spotify. So you may be listening through there right now, in which case that's great. Uh, last time on the pod, Josiah and I talked about the draft, so you should definitely check that out. Uh, this week, we're talking about the tip-off, which happened all of last week. Just a note, we recorded a tip-off preview podcast last week, which went about two hours long, but then I got two and a half hours into editing, and Audacity crashed on me, and so I said I wasn't about to do that again. So it's just a lost episode which um, I think is our second lost episode of this pod, Josiah. Uh, is that true? I, I'm trying to think. I really have no recollection. I'm like 99% positive it's our second lost episode. I don't know why the first one happened, but uh, I'm pretty sure we had one early on. Anyway, you may hear us referring to stuff on this podcast that we said during that lost episode, um, in which case you now know why we're doing that. Uh, to be quite honest, we said a lot of crazy things, um, just wild takes being thrown around. So it may have actually been for the best that that pod didn't get outside this room. But anyway, let's talk about the tip-off from last week. Uh, general thoughts, Josiah, about everything we saw during the tip-off. I was lucky enough to be at the NBA 2K League studio for the first three days of the tip-off. A phenomenal experience. I highly recommend that anyone who, who can make the trip out to Long Island City do so for some NBA 2K League action. The gameplay was phenomenal. You know, it was great to see the league back in action with some competitive games, some, some new stars on the rise, and just some really great basketball. What do you think, Glenn? Yeah, no, uh, overall, I, I was on the opposite side of the spectrum. I was watching on Twitch the entire time. And uh, just seeing the difference in, in, you know, all the changes they made uh, on site and through the broadcast was just awesome. Uh, you know, even implementing live performances with, you know, they had the ex-ambassadors on and stuff. So, no, just uh, overall, uh, you can see the growth coming into season two. It's, it's super exciting to see, you know, where this league is already uh, expanding. Yeah, I, th- I think it was a much more improved viewing experience both with the production and the broadcast and with the actual gameplay itself um matt arden i think uh he's the head of production now. i think he did a fantastic job with uh especially the opening week um there were some kinks that had to be worked out like like random mouse cursors were on the screen sometimes and like there were definitely some audio issues but um those improved throughout the week and they added a lot of new little things like like the free roaming cameras, 
behind the players and coaches and like the the picture in picture interviews um with players and then they would bring phil in during a game and um they also just kind of let phil loose and just kind of let him do his own thing and and interact with the chat which made it a lot more fun i think um he's really good when he's doing that just kind of you know going on his own and, and just keeping people entertained uh the gameplay too i think was much better 2k18 was just not a great game on its own and uh it it showed a bit in the league build for sure um but i i definitely think this uh gameplay was a lot better yeah i'd agree with you there you know just really an excellent sort of production by matt arden and co uh, you know the camera angles both in in live time and on the stream i'm sure made made for some very interesting takes on the game and the gameplay itself you know a lot more teams running some interesting sets a lot of strategy a lot of versatility uh, and a lot of change up in the archetypes that we didn't necessarily see so much last year yeah to add to that uh you know in 2k18 we saw teams run probably you know two sets there were, there were a few teams who who ran uh you know with the 76ers that they, they implemented more uh you know team based offensive sets but uh outside of that you know we saw a lot of five out uh the first year you know with a sl- shot slasher this year we saw you know team to team every team seemed to have their own different offensive uh game plans and e- even on the defensive end so i i think this year is going to be significantly more team based uh and i you know i i think as a viewer that's going to be great yeah i think the the good part about that too you know we we could see some um we kind of saw this with with the tip off last year i think where everyone had a lot of different identities and then um things started to merge a bit as like the meta kind of settled because teams are still trying to figure out everything that's going on um and so we may see a little bit of 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 blending of all of that but um i i think 2k19 uh, allows for more diversity with with offensive identities, so I think it's going to be better than last year, for sure. Um, let's talk about let's go group by group and and talk about everything, starting with group one: Mavs Gaming, Cavs Legion, Raptors Uprising. Raptors Uprising advanced out of this group. They went one and one, beat the Mavs pretty handily, and then lost to the Cavs. Um, Josiah, what did you see in this group? thought this was going to be a very competitive group going in and it proved to be so you know the raptors got a big win in the first game of the season over the mavs running their double lock basically to perfection both oc slim and kenny on on the lock and you know with when doza is on point at point guard that can be an effective strategy but it remains to be seen how consistent they can be in manufacturing offense in the half court going forward Uh, but they did more than enough to beat the mavs on both sides of the floor, the Mavs turned around in their second game uh, and and beat the Cavs, who had previously beaten the Raptors. So a very competitive group. You know, it was great to see O'Larry back on the court, doing some great things for the Cavs. Uh, a new look squad for them. You know, a lot of hop steps in this group, but you know, very interesting and you know, really epitomized the new versatility and different identities that teams are entering the season with. Yeah, Len, what'd you see in Group One? Yeah, I think that uh, you know we just spoke about the the difference in two K eighteen to two K nineteen, and you know how much more uh, 
you know, diversity there'll be with teams this year. And I think that, you know, this is the perfect team or perfect group to transition to, to, uh, you know, support that statement was, you know, we saw a team in Raptors Uprising who looked, you know, like everyone thought they were going to win the group when they, and they ended up did winning the group, but, you know, uh, everyone, after they beat Mavs and how they, you know, just severely outplayed them, everyone thought that they were going to do the same thing to Cavs. And then once they played the Cavs, the Cavs ended up doing to the Raptors what the Raptors did to the Mavs. And then, so with them, we thought the Cavs were going to win that group. And then we saw the Cavs play the Mavs and then we saw the Mavs outplay the Cavs. So it, it, it was just, uh, refreshing to see that this year is going to be, uh, significantly more about uh team by team matchups rather than just uh you know this team is the best uh and and they're gonna go 14 and 0 or you know whatever it could be uh we're definitely gonna see more of these um you know uh type of games in my opinion uh where uh a team like the raptors where they run the double lock meta um goes against a team like the mavs who ran a shot creating playmaker and it didn't necessarily go as well whereas they go against another team who kind of run who kind of runs two locks as well in larry and got a 2k with Cavs legion where larry was on the sharpshooting rim protector and got a 2k was on the pure lock and uh they were able to play better defensively while strainer was able to play better against the double locks than say dimes and mo were that might have been all over the place but that's just kind of how that that group went where it was just like oh man this team looks like the best and then you go to the next game oh man this team looks like the best so i found that uh extremely interesting uh but yeah raptors ended up winning that group uh and i think it's uh it it's simply just because how that point system was i i wouldn't even necessarily say they looked like the best team from that group that they didn't look good against the Cavs to me and uh, they looked good against the Mavs, but it might have just been the jitters of all the rookies on the Mavs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this Raptors team uh, continues to play because, uh, you know, I went back and did some deeper analytics. I wrote about this in my piece that uh, when I was previewing the Saturday matchups uh, on Dimer 2K, uh, the Raptors against the Mavs converted 26 points off of 19 forced turnovers compared to just two converted points on 11 forced turnovers against the Cavs. Uh, and we saw the difference in the end result with, with, you know, with how their defense played. Yeah, this, um, this group, every team won by double digits and every team lost by double digits. So it was a group with a lot of parity. Um, I, I think these were three good teams and three teams you're going to see in the playoff hunt at the very least. Um, I, I guess... We the Raptors were the only team to run that double double lockdown defender with Slim and Kenny running it on shooting guard and small forward. What do you guys think? Are are we going to see one? Are we going to see the Raptors continue to do that after they got knocked out in the quarterfinals by the Magic, who may have figured out how to beat that? And two, are we going to see more teams run this double lock? What do you think, Josiah? I don't think it's going to become particularly prevalent. I think there's a lot of creativity required to be able to sustain an offense when you're running the double lock. I think you know you need to be able to have at least four guys who can really score, um, and even the lock. You know, there, there's a difference in the shooting guard and the small forward in terms of the lock, and the majority of teams, the slight majority of teams, um, 
went for the shooting guard lock, who is a bit better shooter in the corners. Um, so I think offense is at such a premium this year with the game being very defensive that teams are going to need to um, overemphasize that in their starting lineup. I don't think the double lock is going to spread throughout the league and become the number one meta. The Raptors might be able to continue running it. Another team might be able to pick it up. But it all depends on how much offense you can create in that system, which is handicapped against your offense. And, you know, as Len said, the transition becomes very important then. But if you can't create in the half court, I think the double locks are, are not going to be able to hang on too long in the league. I mean, it's interesting because in three games, the Raptors had had two games where they failed to put up 50 points. They, they had, what, like 62 against the, yeah they had mm-hmm. 62 against the Mavs but the Mavs looked really nervous I gotta say they had they had what three rookies on the floor um so I, I think you're right about creating enough offense and I, I I think we'll see the Raptors stick with this in all likelihood and then we'll have a bit better idea of of how much offense they can create but it's gonna be tough Len what are your thoughts on on double locks uh, yeah, I don't like it at all, and uh, and maybe it could work for another team. I just think for how the Raptors are set up, uh, having Doza and and All Hill Trey as really your only source of offense, I, I I just don't I just don't like that. Even the game where they did put up sixty two points against the Mavericks, um, uh, King Quay he had uh, twelve rebounds and eight of those were offensive rebounds. So he was cr- creating a lot of second chance opportunities for. Um, for Raptors uprising in that game uh, against the Cavs, he only had three. Uh, I and I I haven't had a chance to go back and, and track uh, the Magic game yet, but I mean in that game, King Cam Royalty had 19 rebounds, uh, and I'm not sure how many King, King Quay had that game. Uh, but it's safe to say that you know this offense, uh, they're counting a lot on you know getting buckets in transition, forcing turnovers, causing havoc on the defensive end. But even when they do get in the half court set, it does seem like it's more of a scramble uh, rather than you know finding specific things that work for their offense there was a few times where uh, all hail trade did hit you know some big threes and and things of that sort um kenny hit a hit a few big shots as well he, he was a good spark of offense for them on that lockdown position but i think that you know with how their current team is set up um I, I would like to see how this team looks with with a with a sharpshooter on the floor, with maybe Kenny in that role, uh, to pro- to provide more offense rather than just counting on Doza uh, to to provide so uh, just to be the offensive spark for that team as well as all hell Trey. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't like this this really at all. Um, again, I I don't even know how good this Raptors team really is. I think that they benefited from playing a uh, inexperienced team early on. Uh, we saw, you know, what happened. You know, when they played them, even when they played uh, the Magic, uh, the, there was a lot of rookies on that team too, and and they weren't able to capitalize on it as much as they did against the Mavs. So uh, yeah, I, safe to say, I I don't like this this lineup at all. And I'd be interested to see if they even come into season one running it. Real quick, Josiah, give me give me a thing or two that stood out about the Mavs and the Cavs. The Mavs certainly looked rattled early on, uh, and then they became more composed for their second game. You know, I, I want to see Pete explode more. Um, you know, I think he has a lot of talent. There's a reason he was the fifth overall pick. 
I want to see him become the perfect role partner for Dimes. You know, I was actually very impressed by Dimes in the second game in the first half, especially he put up 18 points in the first half, which is no easy task in this league build. So I think those two really need to keep at it, keep practicing, you know, spend the extra hours in the practice facility to become a top-tier pick-and-roll duo because they both have the talent to make that happen. And once they get that, and as the rookies become more and more used to the stage, I think the Mavs could be a really lethal team. You know, the Cavs certainly... I was very impressed by Strainer um, at the three, produced very well offensively. As I figured before the season, like a pro as a veteran point guard has as a good connection with their new head coach Austin Peterson. I thought the Cavs, you know, the Cavs have some things to tighten up um, offensively, especially you know, sometimes you just can't rely on shot creating. Um, but they played well, you know, they they impressed a lot of teams. And, and really, it was, it was phenomenal to see O'Larry back uh, playing very, very well. His, his rooting section um, especially appreciated that in the first game. Um, great environment in the studio. And, you know, they have a lot of upside. They have a lot of upside, especially if Strainer continues to be a really, really good offensive threat. Yeah, I agree with you about the Mavs. Um, Sherm, uh, that first game, he was almost invisible, I think. Um, and and Mo just did not shoot well both games, but... You you contribute that I think at least a little bit to it's your first games in the league. This is a team that's uh, pretty decently hyped up, I think. So that may have played a part in how they played. Um, for the Cavs, yeah, Strainer looks like a budding superstar. He was uh, absolutely fantastic, I think, for the Cavs and that team played really well as a unit. I think. Uh, Len, what were your quick thoughts on the Mavs and the Cavs? Yeah, I mean, with the Mavs, uh, we you know we didn't get to air the uh, the the preview uh, podcast, uh, you know, on our thoughts of these teams. Uh, but uh, you know, I spoke uh, quickly about how the Mavs. I'd be interested to see how these guys um, fight through the adversity, and uh, it was really interesting to see how they were able to adapt. Um, to the entire environment after losing that first game uh, and then coming back and beating Cavs Legion the second time or the, their second game. Uh, so, I, you know, that, that was really interesting to me. I, I th- found it interesting that Dimes did get on that playmaking shot creator and he was able to score on it as well. So uh, that doesn't look to be an issue. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, th- this it seems like a team that's going to have some growing pains. It'll be interesting to see their ceiling. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they look coming into the season. Uh, and then, yeah, the Cavs, the same thing. I, 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 they were my, uh, predicted group winner and I felt like a genius after they, uh, really, uh, manhandled the Raptors uprising. Uh, and you know, in that game, we really saw as you, you know, as you just uh, hit on how, how well strainer looked. Um, I feel like this year's gameplay is really going to cater to a player of his, of his skill set, being able to handle the ball and shoot the ball in a sharp um, type archetype. Uh, it's, you know, I think that they really found a gem in him in the third round. And then, you know, I, I've always been high up on their, uh, their core, uh, three through five, uh, got a 2k, uh, O'Leary and, and sick that those, those three are really going to be, a um, uh, you know, a high level, uh, core to have for, for, for a team, uh, this season. I, I, I really feel like that. Uh, I, I think the issue with their team is definitely going to be like a pro. He didn't look 
comfortable at all, which was kind of weird because he does have the experience on that team being on the Warriors last year. So it'll be interesting. It might have been just nerves, him him getting back in his swing of things or whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be uh, – bo- both teams, you know, I, I'm not counting them out. Uh, I, all three teams in this showed uh, strengths and weaknesses. So, uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it was a very balanced group. Um, uh, we'll see – I'm not. I'm not make. I'm not gonna make any like. I'm not gonna jump to any conclusions or make any sweeping statements based off of mostly teams. We've only seen them play two games. You can't make any conclusions about who's gonna be good, who's gonna be bad, things like that. We can only talk about the little that we did see. But um, this may have been a really good preview of of how. I mean, I I think this league's gonna have a lot of parity, a lot of balance. Uh, this year in season two so this may have been a preview of that moving on to group two nets gc magic gaming and Knicks gaming magic gaming pulling this one out they went two and oh um in a uh we'll put an asterisk on that two and oh because of their final game against the knicks but um what are your general thoughts about this group josiah let the record show that I picked the magic to emerge from this group. Okay. And I Already bragging. <laughs> Already bragging. Um, I know I'm going to hear about it when we get to group seven, so I got oh, yeah. some, some foothold in now. Um, <laughs> no, I was, I, was, I was very impressed by the magic. You know, they, they played better than I thought they would. Um, the first game, the Knicks net, so much emotional energy expended by both teams in that one. Got their rings right beforehand. Nate playing his former teammates. The Magic came out on top, though, you know, asterisk and all. Um, King Cam had an absolutely phenomenal tournament, which which we'll no doubt get more into. Um, you know, even though Rizzi may have not had his best tournament overall, I thought Kelmav played very well in the group stage. Um, he was very impressive. UC Man a terrific, terrific, terrific on defense, but also being able to create offense at the same time, you know, while he was on a, a lock at shooting guard. DT made a made a nice impression in his first tournament. The Nets the Nets struggled a bit. Um, you know after their terrific win over the Knicks, you know there's still some growth through there. They didn't start second round pick Shuttles, whom I I figured would be a steal for them. You know I think Joel Lazy is still gonna need some time to adjust power forward. Wavy played like a good rookie point guard. You know he'll continue to grow. Nate and Shockey showed their clear experience. Um, Chaz did enough to help them win in game one. The Knicks look like they still need to figure out some things. Kuda scored, or I am Adam, the first rather scored just two points in their first game. Those came very, very late. Uh, Malik can shoot very well. Goofy is still one of the best centers in the league, but he, he likes to shoot. He, he's going to finish the season with a very, very high usage rate, I think. And the Knicks, you know, again, probably should have won that, that second game they played against the Magic. Uh, but they still have some figuring out to do. They they knew it wasn't going to be an easy walk back into the finals this season, and they really need to get back in the lab and, and continue to figure out how to integrate their new pieces and reassess on the new build. Yeah, I had a question about this Knicks team uh, going into this. Um, they started out slow in Season 1 as well, and obviously we know what, what happened by the end. But uh, especially Adam started very slow in season one he was probably one of the worst three-point shooters in the league um if you're going by volume of attempts taken and he he just did not play well 
in this tip off, but it, it's the tip off uh, adjustments can be made. Um, but yeah, the Knicks probably should have. Well, we keep saying the asterisk. The Knicks let the Magic uh, score on the final possession in regulation because they thought they could get more points through the quarter system if they kept going into overtime, but that's not how it works. You, you can only, there's a cap on the points you can get. So they, they let the magic, first of, I think like Kelmav was wide open yeah. at the at the top of the three-point line, and then he passed it <laughs> to UC Manny on a lock in the corner. And to be fair, UC Manny was in takeover, I think, um, and UC Manny hit the shot. He was, the Knicks just left them wide open. So that's why we keep saying there's an asterisk. But um, the Knicks very well could have won that game. Uh, who knows what could have happened if they actually played defense. Maybe the Magic still hit that shot. We don't know. Um, but for the Nets, uh, you talk about rookie point guard Wavy. I think he started out strong, and then um, his shooting kind of waned off. Um, and he he definitely has some adjustments to make, I think. But he definitely showed something. He showed those flashes of, like, he can definitely be a good point guard in this league. And when you take a guy 11th overall, if you're the Nets, then you probably saw that, right? So, um, but the Nets, uh, I, 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 I had questions. I mentioned last podcast about um, how these expansion teams are going to do. Uh, the, the deck is kind of stacked against these expansion teams, but the Nets, they look decent. Uh, they may not be as bad as as some people may think that um what we'll to see how it goes in the regular season but for the magic uh this is a real good looking team it's another team where there's a lot of balance just like they had last season and uh really showed that and boy did king cam show out 319 rebound games which was just insane um len what were your thoughts on this group yeah, I mean, the, uh, so this entire first day, you know, we spoke about the first group being, uh, you know, matchup based. Uh, this group proved to be that as well. And so a lot of people were, you know, speculating, oh, are the back to backs really that tough? All the thing, uh, you know, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. And um, what I found super interesting about, you know, about this group was, well, specifically for the Knicks, as you as both of you spoke about how uh, Adam uh, struggled the first game. I think that you know the way they adjusted for their game plan uh, in their second game against Magic Gaming was you know was great. He uh, ended up scoring twenty points in that second game, and a big factor of that was that they were really trying to find the switch uh, and attacking the opposite hash of UC Manny. Um, you know, when I was doing my preview mockup, uh, I was. I went back and, you know, just tracked a couple players that I felt, uh, you know, were doing really well uh, just because it'd take forever if I did everybody. But I decided to do UC Manny, and uh, I found it uh, extremely interesting that group play, uh, opposing guards when defended by Manny shot a combined two for 11. So that's 18%. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if the, if the Knicks were aware of that or whatnot because he did hold Wavy in, in the Magic's game against the Nets to 0 for 6 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3. Uh, so I don't know if the Knicks saw that and then saw how a, uh, Adam was struggling in the first game uh, against the Nets uh, when he was just going against Nate. Uh, 
But then when they came into that third game, they kept just attacking the switch, attacking the switch, and he was really able to score on Kel Mav early on in the game. And, you know, props to Jonah for even seeing that uh, mid-game and switching DT on it, but unfortunately DT didn't do too well on it either. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, this this whole, t- you know, tournament, but this group in specific, I, I really liked seeing that aspect uh, from these coaches, seeing what coaches made the adjustments, which ones didn't. Uh, obviously, uh you know, there's an asterisk next to, you know, so be it next to the Magic winning. But, you know, I always say take what's in front of you. Uh, and they, you know, and they were able to prove even further in the in the knockout stage that they belonged. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all three teams, again, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they progress. Uh, yeah, as, as you both said, uh, Adam last year did start off slow. Uh, and I think it was telling how he, how he played bad the first game and then he was able to find his footing the second game. I think, you know, he'd be one of those players who, you know, further along the season, he'll definitely, uh, find his mold and, and, and really, uh, adapt to a certain play style that, that will fit him. Uh, he's one of those players that didn't really play much this year. And a lot of people point to like, oh, Hey, the two finalists, Radiant and, and Fab didn't play pro-am all year. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, Adam didn't either, and, and, and it showed. So not everyone's ready in Fab, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get to them later. But yeah, I mean, this general, uh, this group uh, as a whole in general was really uh, exciting. It was good to see, uh, you know, the two players that really were the best from this group were two players who were kind of doubted. Even when when we saw that King Cam got the nod over Tucker Locks up to be center for the Magic, everyone's like, oh, okay, let's see. And then he comes out, and like you said, he had the three uh, 19 rebound games uh, and just provided a lot of, uh, you know, necessary intangibles for that Magic team. And then as we talked about UC Manny, those two players seem to be the two best players from this group. Uh and yeah, I, I find that to be a great storyline as those were probably two of the more doubted retained players coming into this season. Uh, to, so yeah, I mean, just to hit on the, the Knicks real quick, the one thing that really confused me with them was that they were playing yay at the lock and Idris in the corner. I don't know if that's where Idris is more comfortable, uh, but I did not like yay guarding ball. Uh, I haven't liked it this year. Uh, and, you know, he, he really wasn't able to cause uh, many issues for opposing point guards in both of their games. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they ever uh, try either. I, I don't know if Haza could play the lock, if they could try him there, or if they do actually try Idris. I like Idris's defensive IQ, and he has a lot of chemistry with Goofy. So it'll be interesting to see if they try that. Uh, I know I know I'd like to see it and I think that'd be probably their best bet so yeah as a whole though I, I like this group moving on to group three T wolves gaming Grizz gaming Wizards district gaming the T wolves came out of this one uh, beat the Grizz in the opening matchup then uh, handily beat Wizards district gaming meanwhile the Grizz went 0 2 while the Wizards beat the Grizz on a last second shot. And, uh, yeah, this was, um, we were very interested in, in this group for, for multiple reasons. We had players we were watching on every single team. Josiah, talk about, uh, group three. I will balance things out and let the record show that I picked the Grizz in this group and was proven very, very wrong. Very Uh, wrong. Very, very wrong. And I admit that completely. And a large part of that was the fact that, Vandy played very much like a rookie point guard. Um, the Grizz ran two sharpshooting rebounders in their big men in Authentic African and Universal Phenom. 
that is a, an interesting strategy, uh, but one that is not effective with a point guard who's playing very below average and mostly non-existent offensive creativity. The Grizz snatched defeat from the jaws of victory by coughing up a lead to the Wizards, but they were easily, easily defeated by the T-Wolves. The T-Wolves looked phenomenal in group play. Um, they ran their sets mostly well. They rotated on defense well. JoJo proved that he can play. Feast is, is at his best, a, an absolute monster in defending the pick-and-roll. The Bear to Beast and Hood tandem in the backcourt um, went on is about as fearsome a tandem as any in the entire league, and Turnup played very well at the lock. You know, when the T-Wolves are able to put together all of those factors and really play out Coach Vilvin's game plan, they're, they're an absolutely fearsome team. Um, the Wizards the Wizards are very interesting, and I think they deserve a little more consideration than we'll probably give them here. Dayfry is phenomenal. Um, the Wizards rotated their power forward. You know, Paul B played the first game, and then uh, fourth-round pick Gilly came in for the second game. You know, JT, I think, is still getting a little up to speed. Um, you know, Reese had some some questionable decision making at times. Um, the Wizards still seem to be a team that is still coming together a bit. A team that still needs to finish fine tuning themselves and coalesce after a tumultuous off season. Uh, but I think the the T Wolves were easily the best team in this group, and they proved that. And unfortunately, the Grizz have a lot to work on. Len, what did you see in this group? Yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, on on the same basis. Uh, just I, I thought that the Grizz were going to come out and look like the best team in this group. I was pretty big on them too. Uh, so needless to say, I was very disappointed. Uh, and I, you know, I have to apologize to the Wolves too. I, I was pretty much down on them too. I. I I wasn't sure how, uh, you know, certain certain players on their roster would adapt to this year's play style, specifically Hood, uh, and it turned out he, he looked really good on the pure sharp uh, in this group stage. Uh, I mean, we, we, we all had questions about where Hood would fit, I think, to be fair. we um, Last week we were kind of discussing, like, w- what do you do with Hood? Do you, put, do you put him on a pure sharp? Do you put him uh, at small forward on a lock even? So... Um, that that was a question we all had, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, and it was refreshing. I mean, it, it basically you know solidifies that he is really able to score in two K regardless of what he's on. You know, uh, so it, you know it's good to see that. It was great to see the personality of Bear. Uh, shine through. I know a lot of people who have kept up with him in the pro community know that he, you know, can be very entertaining to watch. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean this T Wolves team in general. Uh, I think the biggest the biggest aspect that that uh, I found interesting was their offensive sets. Uh, you know, they were very um, adept to running like the horn, a lot of horn sets, and there was even this play where they ran two uh, two screens on the baseline and had uh, Hood run a run a, a you know a backdoor cut off of it and and it, it was just wide open and and I there wasn't a lot of teams that we saw run those type of offensive sets so uh it'll be interesting to see how teams um you know adjust to that because we saw Grizz and uh and Wizards District would totally just look lost against against that team uh but 
but then when we we saw them later on, we'll we'll get I'll I'll, uh, I'll address that once we get to the knockout rounds. But uh, needless to say, it was uh, uh, we saw a team catch up to what you know they could do. So it'd be nice to see how the T Wolves adjust to that. But uh, all in all, this T Wolves team looks like the real deal. Uh, definitely, I uh, too low on people's power rankings in the preseason. Uh, I think that'll bump up here now, and uh, and yeah, I mean Grizz. Uh, their their entire team just looked overwhelmed, uh, which was shocking because they they had, you know, a lot of guys who you would consider uh, good players to help the rookies transition to the stage and things of that sort, and toxic and authentic, and and they even had Universal Phenom there, and they all kind of just looked lost. They didn't want to talk or, uh, you know, show any type of energy or anything, and maybe it was because. Um, uh, their guards weren't playing up to par. Uh, I know a lot of people were very high on J-Rod and Vandy coming into that game, and they were probably two of the more disappointing players at their respective positions in the tournament, if not the most disappointing. Uh, so, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how they do. Uh, same with Wizards. Uh, Day Fry is going to be Day Fry. Um, it was interesting to see how he's able to create for their offense a little bit more than, say, other centers are this year. He uses a lot of uh, hop-step dunks and things of that sort uh, to help create for his team. Uh, but, yeah, I think that they're going to need more than that. Reese was a was really good bright spot for them. He created a lot for their, for their offense when uh, JT wasn't really able to do much in their first game. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, in general, this the, – the, I think these three teams, Wizards and Grizz, definitely have work to do. I'd feel more optimistic uh, being a Wizards fan right now, but uh, uh, I'm not counting out the Grizzlies completely. They have some talented guys. I, th- I think that they're just experienced at playing at this type of level, and uh, I'd like to see how Lang and Co. get them uh, ready for for regular season play. Yeah, with the Grizz, I, I think we saw, I saw the same stuff that hampered them last year and that there was just absolutely no offensive creativity to speak of last year it was just give the ball to authentic african and let him do something and this year the game plan seems to be give it to vandy an authentic african and let them do something it's just it's not working you need to be more creative and i just didn't see that in this tip-off tournament they just didn't seem to have a plan they didn't seem to really know what they wanted to do or how they wanted to play so they need to figure something out. They, they need to learn how to maximize all of their pieces because there are good pieces on the Grizz, I think. Uh, Vandy can be a great backcourt scorer for this team if you use him properly. Jade Rock can be a great backcourt complement. And we all know Authentic African is a superstar. So they need to, they need to like do something like, like, Show me like an offensive game plan where you say, okay, this is this is how, what we're going to do. This is how we're going to get all these pieces involved. And I just didn't see that in this tip-off. And it, was, it was the same problem as last year. I, if uh, I, oh, sorry to cut you off. I just wanted no, to, ca- to, to, to add to that. Um, it makes me, you know, in a sense, question, uh, you know, 
Lang, uh, Whitaker, in a sense, because uh, you know when he did play, when they did play against the T Wolves, you just saw the difference in in understanding what's going on from from the T Wolves perspective to the Grizz perspective. Uh, I don't, and you know, Bilvin's coach, Bilvin's of the T Wolves, he does have that you know sort of college coaching experience and and things of that sort. I'm not too uh, up to date on on what Lang. Uh, you know what Lang's credentials are and things of that sort. I don't know if they, you know, need more of an X and X's and O's guy to get, you know, that offense clicking more on that type of level. Not sure. It'll it'll be interesting to see how how they how they look uh, coming into the season. I'll, I'll yeah, jump I agree in with that. And, and I, respond to that no, if, go ahead. if you don't mind, Will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. I, I'm 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 fairly familiar with the Grizz, um, and will will disclose you know, before I say what I'm going to say that I, I did talk to them a little bit over the off season, um, you know, in, in regards to a potential merger, but we, we mutually agreed not to. Um, but I, I would like to see, you know, Perp be a little more involved in terms of the X's and O's Lang is a very experienced basketball guy, um, at, at least 20 years as a basketball journalist, and, and he certainly knows the game. Um, but I think, you know, he, he is more GM than X's and O's kind of coach. Um, and... The Grizz will, will certainly benefit, as we've said, from having more sets. Um, but one of the things I think that the Grizz were particularly the epitome of um, was that they were exceedingly reliant when they did try and get creative on offense. They were exceedingly reliant on what I'm going to call pro-am plays. Um, so, for example, high wraps. You know, the extent of creativity on offense cannot be a high wrap. Um, there, there has to be more to create opportunities, you know, have authentic slip those, have him fade a little bit, switch up the personnel so you throw something new at the defense. Um, but the Grizz really, you know, when they tried to search out some sort of creativity, they really relied on something that every play in the, player in the league is very familiar with, and, and that won't cut it. And in, in terms of coaching, yeah, I, I think, you know, both, both Lang and Perp are experienced. Um, but I would like to see Perp get a little more involved on the back end for some more creative X's and O's. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I, it may be time to bring a coach in. Um, I don't know. Uh, to be fair to, to Lang, I, I think he has learned a lot on the 2K side of things. I think he, he came into the NBA 2K League a little green on the game and how pro-am works and and what works in 2k and what doesn't uh and i think he's learned a lot in Mm -hmm. one year certainly certainly um it may be time to bring in someone with more experience who can be you know your your sean vilvins or your cody parent or your jeff terrell who understands basketball and understands 2k and and can combine those things into a creative offense and uh, Grizz just kind of fell flat, and uh, there's only you can only rely on your talent so much. Um, for the Wizards, uh, man, I, it's it's tough to adjust to uh, losing a guy like Boo Painter um, just with his on-court production. Uh, but man, they just they just kind of fell flat. They just played dead against against the Timberwolves and um, needed a last second bucket to beat the Grizz uh, wasn't the greatest showing for them. I think they have a lot of adjustments to make. Um, they're also another team that's that's kind of integrating 
a couple of, of rookies into the lineup, and that will definitely take some adjustments. For the T-Wolves, um, I mean, I, I picked them to win this group. So since we were all saying uh, who we're picking, I picked them to win this group. But anyway, um, they looked really good. They looked really good. Um, Sean Vilvins looks to be one of those guys who's um, going to be able to incorporate a lot of really creative stuff into this team and he has a lot of he has a lot of really good pieces to work with so it's exciting that we can see a guy like Vilvins uh get to use all these pieces and 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 we saw a lot of really creative stuff with with the cuts and and the screens and the back doors and everything like that so I think this is going to be a really really fun team to watch throughout the season especially when you factor in uh Hood is just a great scorer. Bears a great scorer. Bears just an entertaining player and person on and off the court. So gonna be a really fun team to watch uh, as we move on throughout the season. Let's move on to Group Four: Heat Check Gaming, Kingsguard Gaming, 76ers GC. 76ers won this group, beat the Heat in a very close game, and beat the Kings. Heat Check though able to come out with the wild card spot. Um, by virtue that they won three quarters of that 76ers game, I think, uh, but still lost. And uh, Kings going 0-2 against, you know, to be fair, two really good teams. What did you think of this group, Len? Yeah, no, this group, uh, you know, I consider coming into this uh, tournament, I considered this group the group of death. And uh, in a sense, it kind of, you know, was that you know we had the the Sixers win the group and then we had the the Heat we had Heat uh, end up getting the wild card berth so um, yeah uh, with you know, with the Sixers uh, you know they ended up becoming the champions uh, you know they were a favorite coming in they ended up winning this tournament last year too so they they've won this tournament both years of the uh, 2K League's existence and uh, it, you know with the Sixers. I think it's, you know, as we just spoke about how the Grizzlies struggle with offensive creativity and they just sort of uh, count on like simple plays and just talent to score. Like the Sixers have really talented guys. And if a team were to just run simple plays and say, hey, go win us with go win these games with talent, you'd figure the Sixers would be that type of team. But they're not like they have that type of talent. And then they further, you know, capitalize and execute on offense with these crazy offensive sets. Uh you know, between Radiant and uh, uh, Jeff Terrell. Uh, uh, the, I feel like that duo of that point guard and that coach is, you know, a match made in heaven. Uh, but needless to say, uh, you know, uh, the, the most interesting thing was, you know, we talk about Radiant being the best point guard in this league. I, I wrote on Twitter last night how, you know, there were seven point guards in season one who went before Radiant. And then Steez was a fourth round pick. ZDS was a sixth round pick. We talked. We like everyone knows. Brad fell this year to nineteen. Uh, fell to them in the in the season two draft. Uh, and it's just it makes you wonder. Like this team is so good, and and all these other teams had opportunities to get these players, and they didn't. Uh, so it's just interesting to see how successful this team is. Uh, and and you could definitely feel like that. You, I mean, when you watch this team play, you definitely feel like they they're playing with a with a chip on their shoulder, and they know that they that they're the best team in this league right now. Uh, and then yeah, the Heat. Uh, it was really interesting to see uh, Jay Money on a um, 
sharp playmaker all year in pro-am he was playing on a shot uh playmaker a shot creating playmaker and um you know there, you know there's always kind of been speculation oh how will he be on the league build he's just using exploits in pro-am things of that sort and in my opinion he looked decent you know i i he had some hiccups which is going to come with your transition to the playing at this type of level um but i i, I getting him in the third round i think I think Famous should be ecstatic about that. I think there there was quite a few point guards who went before him. You know, we had a point guard who went number seven who didn't do too well. So, and I think Jay Money looked better than him. So, getting that type of talent in the third round, I think uh, you could be nothing but excited about that. Uh, Lottie looked great. Uh, you know, he's all, always been known as uh, as a sharp. Uh, you know, for his team GFG and and all that. Um, but seeing him play lock, he was one of the more impressive locks. And there wasn't really, you know, people say defense is um, easier in this game, and it is. But you could still tell who's a very good lock in this game and who's not. And he looked like a very good lock to me. Uh, hot shot looked great. Majestic looked great. Drop off looked great. I think with those three, you already knew what, you know, they were going to bring to the table. The question was more uh, the value in production they were going to get out of J Money and Lottie. And they both brought it. Uh they came up short, but then they ended up getting the wild card, uh, making it to the semis, came up short. But I think this team has a lot to look forward to. I think early on last year they looked uh, pretty bad, uh, whereas this year they made it to the semis in this tournament, and that's that's pretty good, um, you know, result to uh, piggyback on. So it'll it'll see it'll be interesting. The Kings, um, man, you know er- everyone knows. Uh, you know, what we reported about the, the whole BP fiasco and things of that sort. So, uh, you know, we were interested to see how this team would react if the result went a certain way, whether they did win out of this group, whether they beat one of the teams, didn't. They ended up losing to both teams. Uh, their first game when they played heat check, I think they went into halftime tied. And they looked good. I was like, man, you know, BP looks great on the league build. These guys, you know, are playing great. I think um, – there was quite a quite a transition. Uh, you know, I've I've been playing on PS4 this year, uh, and I've played. I've had you know the pleasure uh, to play against Zaki. Uh, he's a great lock, but this year he did play on a very fast lock and a six foot lock. Uh, they played him at the small forward lock, which uh, I'll get into later. That I'm not really much a fan of, but uh, it's it's just a slower build. It's even slower than the six six at at the shooting guard position, but he just looked slow. He couldn't keep up with Radiant. He couldn't keep up with J Money, uh, and and yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how these how how this team plays out because the trade deadline is going to come up. Uh, they did look like they were able to play together, but if they're going to keep looking like that, I don't expect that BP is going to still want to be there. Uh, granted that he already you know, did put in a request to be traded before. So, uh, yeah, I, I, one, one thing that I found a, a extremely interesting uh, was the, the game plan from both teams was really make anyone on the Kings besides BP and Seam beat us. They were, go- they were taking it to a point where they would literally leave um, Yusuf uh, in, the, in the right corner by himself for a good five seconds. BP would pass it to him, and he smoked uh, probably like six or seven wide-open threes. It was, it was uh, you know, and, and when you see stuff like that happen, 
and you already know that there's um, off the court trust issues and things of that sort. And makes you even wonder like, okay, they BP who already has, you know, his doubts and reservations about this team passes it to his wide open teammate three times asking for help. They're doubling me. They, and he's missing the shots. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, on paper, this team has the talent, but last year on paper, they had the talent too. And it seems like they're on course for a, for a similar year to last year. Josiah, did I ask you about this group? I don't remember. You have not yet. Go ahead. I think Len made a number of really good points. Uh, thinking about the Kings first, I, I think the most important thing, as, as Len said, um, should be thinking about moving Zaki to the shooting guard lock. I think Seam um, can best utilize the talents that he displayed in Season 1 on the uh, sharp shot. Or shot sharp. I never remember which one it is. But at the three, um, BP, you know, showed some upside. Showed some some rookie uh, mistakes. You know, they they have they have what to improve on, and they have more consistency to develop. Um, but again, they were in a very tough group, as demonstrated by the results of both teams um, who who advanced from it. The Heat, you know, started a bit slow, but you know, they're they're very talented. Uh, and deep team they talk a lot of trash at you um you know i, I think we forgot you know uh, how just how good hotshot can really be um on the league build very very good at creating for himself better perhaps than than most centers uh, in the game you know they played well you know jay money had his his moments of of questionable decision making as as any rookie point guard would but he also played really well they would not have gotten as far as they did without his performance the 76ers are are really good and and we'll touch on on them more later so i'll say that in group play they didn't look so phenomenal but one thing i think that really bears considering is how well nudini played at lock um you know someone who a lot of people were thinking oh maybe they should have let him go into the draft and preserve their second round pick but he put out a a very very good performance throughout the tournament uh, at shooting guard on that lock you know playing defense hitting his shots uh when needed so you know the 76ers will talk more about just how great they are um but you know nudini is someone who who really deserves uh, a little bit of spotlight for his performance in this tournament as a whole yeah i'll, I'll start with the kings talking about them um this it <laughs> this is going to be a tough season for them this is going to be a really tough season for them Worthing cold has five new teammates that he has to work with which is very tough um and the, the i Point guard is was tough for a lot of rookies in this tip-off tournament. Um, the shooting wasn't quite as good as we all thought it was going to be. Although there are there were some rumblings about the league build, the tip-off build, like being way different than what teams were playing on in the scrims, and the scrims were much higher scoring and all that. So there's probably going to be a period of adjustment. Um, when it when it comes to these rookies who are used to just like pulling off a couple dribble moves and then launching from deep like they do in pro and behind a screen and, and hitting it almost every time so um, BP certainly fell victim to that I think um, he was putting together a lot of really nice dribble moves he just mm-hmm. couldn't hit on the shots and there were a lot of 
players on this team who who could not hit their shots. So a little bit, I, I, it's it's hard to judge with the Kings. I still want to say this was disappointing for them. I thought they would look a little better than they did, but at the same time, it's hard to blame them when you know you lose timely cook on the day of the draft and you get a third round pick as compensation it's hard to adjust to something like that so um bp just needs to settle in um whether he stays on the kings or not is yet to be seen but if he settles in then this team will look a lot better uh for the heat i was really impressed with lottie I i know he was a first round pick but he looked really good on that lock um, especially with the shooting, he was one of the better shooting locks in this entire tournament, I think, along with Nudini as well, who we just mentioned as being a, a really good lock as well. So the Heat looked good. Uh, Jay Money, again, we, we just talked about. Um, I, I think he definitely did look better than BP, but he's another guy we talked about um, with uh, having some difficulty shooting and certainly some of the decision-making was questionable. Um, and, but if he comes through and, and he reaches his ceiling, this heat team is going to be so much more dangerous, I think, which is a very scary thought for the rest of the league. And, uh, the 76ers, they're the 76ers. I mean, they're, they're my pick to win it all. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about that pick after watching them this weekend. Uh, just, it's, it's the same. It's it's the same four people from last year, and then you plug in breadwinner into the lineup. Like that's always gonna be a good thing, right? Like then and and they showed it. Um, the the same offensive creativity. Radiant is still. I mean, at this point, can you say he's, say it he, say it? He's the best point guard in the league. He's the best point guard in the league. So maybe the best player in the league. Is that what you want me to say? I don't know. That's exactly what I want okay. to say. Yeah. Okay. He's, I mean, at this point, I think based on what we saw in the tip-off, he is the best player in the league. He just, he uh, last season, Radiant, he was the best point guard when it came to chaining those dribble moves. It was a lot harder, I think, in season one to pull those off. Chaining those dribble moves, those step backs into open shots and hitting those shots and he did not lose any of that into season two. He just, he looks so good. And um, obviously the rest of the team, you know, they're going to perform as well. I, I keep saying over and over, this team is so good. The team system, Radiant driving it all. And uh, yeah, just a great performance from the 76ers. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about them later. Um, give some more thoughts. Let's move on to group five. Warriors Gaming Squad, Pacers Gaming, and Hawks Talent GC. The Pacers came out of this one alive. They beat both the Warriors and the Hawks. Hawks went 0-2 while the Warriors got one over on the Hawks in the last game of this group. Josiah, what do you think about group five? A, a very entertaining first game of the group between the Pacers and the Warriors. Uh, I was excited to see CB13 a.k.a. Kina, start talking once he got going. Uh, a really good game all around. You know, talk swirled that Beast move had been absolutely phenomenal in the scrimmages. He wasn't quite that in this tournament, but 
I think the Warriors have a lot of promise. They're gradient played very well at the lock. Jin does a lot of things right that we don't really think about at power forward. They're, they're a very skilled team, uh, and I think they'll continue to show that as the season progresses. The Pacers get in your face. They talk a lot of trash, maybe the most of any team in the league. Th this game was probably built for Wolf, best lock in the league. I'm going to put out there you know, without thinking of anyone else yet. Go ahead. Um, Swizzerk may be the best pure shooter in the league. Um, you know, there's still questions about Matty at point guard. There's still some questions about that. The Pacers didn't score so well in the half court, uh, relied very heavily on Swizzerk there. Um, Ramo is, is really, really good. You know, power forward, wherever. Um, sharp shooting rebounder for him to give him a little more speed. Um, but he's very good. You know, Lord Bezos, who, as, as Will said on Twitter, has the best uh, name in the entire league yeah, by far uh, without a doubt by far yeah by far uh he played well you know they like the raptors i think need to figure out more how to score in the half court and what they have that the raptors don't necessarily have um is swizzerk who's a phenomenal phenomenal secondary ball handler but the thing with the pacers is that unless maddie you know takes his game to where the Pacers think it can be, Swizzerk will have to be the primary ball handler, whereas the Raptors have more traditional um, point guard in Doza carrying that, that load. Um, the Hawks look disjointed. Um, there, there are questions about where people are going to settle in for the Hawks. I, I don't dislike shots at the lock, um, you know, but I, I'm not sure that the lock at small forward is the best move overall. Rando can shoot Dev Dev had a, a serious struggle at uh, this tournament. He he needs to get his shooting um, on track more consistently. He needs to play like the first round pick they think he can be. Um, the Hawks look very disjointed, you know. Uh, but really a great game between the Pacers and the Warriors, two teams I, I like very much. Um, and you know, what can you say? The Pacers deserve to win the group, and and they did. Yeah, the the Pacers looked really good, and uh, I mean. They got to they got to the semifinals, right? No, they didn't. No, they lost nope. to the Celtics. Never mind. They got to the knockouts anyway. Uh, and and the team looks really good. This is um, an early pick for a championship contender, and I, I think they definitely played the part. Um, they had the opportunity to beat the Celtics in that quarterfinal matchup, which I guess we'll talk about later. But um, the Warriors, I mean, I, I think this team looked really good. It did just. This this pace their game against the Pacers just kind of came down to a really late mistake by CB thirteen uh, who passed it right into Hood's chest or sorry not Hood Wolf's chest um, which led to a, a score on the other end and and basically the end of the game um, but other than that they they really just manhandled the Hawks which I think was expected um, and so the the team definitely has talent. Again, we, we keep talking about these rookie point guards and they just kind of need to settle. Um, there's definitely a transition period for these point guards. I don't think CB13 is any different. So they, they really need him to come through, though, because I thought Gradient looked really good on that lock and, and the rest of the team looked really good as well. I was impressed with Beast move and type, for sure. Um, they're two season one protected players. I... They definitely, they definitely came through, I think, especially Beast Move, uh, who looked very comfortable 
um, handling the ball and scoring. For the Hawks, uh, we we had questions about what they were going to do with their lineup, particularly their backcourt. I'm not sure if the um, the playmaking build is really the right fit for Dev, but then the question becomes, are you going to move him to shooting guard on the scoring build? Well, well, then what do you do with Rando? Because Rando looked really good as a shooter at the shooting guard. So um, they have some questions to figure out. Jay Fool could be put into the mix at point guard, but then are you really going to bench your what what dev go 13th overall 14th overall are you really gonna sorry 13 13 are you really gonna bench your 13th overall pick so they have things to figure out um the the most ideal situation is dev uh uh coming through on that playmaking build so that you don't have to move things around and him finding his shooting form um we'll see if that works out for them uh but this was this was uh, I, I think everyone's eyes were on the Pacers and the Warriors. And I, I think they both came through as showing that they were two really good teams and they're going to be threats in the regular season and playoffs. Len, what did you see? Yeah, I think with this group, uh, I think everyone coming into this group knew that it was you know uh, a, a two horse race. Uh, whoever won that first game out of Pacers and Warriors was probably going to be the the group winner and that ended up being the case um there were a lot of things that that stuck out to me in this game uh i think the warriors win this game if they hit their shots uh they really exploited uh the pacers uh defensive weakness and it's a weird thing to say coming into the coming into the tournament i thought that the pacers were going to be far and away the best defensive team and they do have the pieces to be that but they really showed a uh a huge um, uh, void outside of when Wolf is guarding the ball, and the, and the Warriors just totally exploited that. They they were getting the switch every time they brought the ball up. They were getting the switch onto Swizzerk, whether it was uh, CB13, whether it was Beast Move, and every time they would find an open shot. Uh, it just so happened that they wouldn't hit the shot. Um, Warriors were the first team to uh, deploy that shot sharp, uh, uh, like a. Uh, shot first uh, shooting guard rather than the pure sharp at the two. Um, and I found that interesting uh, and it, it, you know, it made me uh, keep up to uh, keep up to date with the efficiency from beast move that day. Uh, he ended up only shooting 25% from three. That was with the second that's with uh, you know, his good second game against the Hawks as well. He shot um, Two for 10, so 20% from three against the Pacers. Uh, I'd be anxious to go back and see uh, what exactly, uh, how many of those were wide open, but I remember watching it back and and remembering a lot of those being wide open. So uh, that ended up, you know, being telling for the Pacers going into the knockout stage as well. Um, They need someone who can guard that hash. And they tried to make the adjustment in the second round, and I'll talk about that further once we get to the knockout stage. But, uh, yeah, in this game, uh, I think it was just a matter of – matter of uh, hitting your shots and and going on runs. Uh, The Pacers – Definitely look like a team who is going to look like the best for, best team in the first quarter and maybe falter out just a little bit. I think that, that that's how uh, their team set up with 
with their defensive first mindset. Uh, they're going to come out, smack you in the mouth. And, and once you weather that storm a little bit, uh, you'll be able to uh, slow down the game, get them in half court and, and force them to, uh, to make some mistakes. Uh, as Josiah said, they do have Swizzerk, however, and he did look great uh, creating for their offense. Uh, even Maddie, in a sense, didn't look too bad to me. He, he was able to, to really uh, score uh, in certain scenarios, but it just got to points where there were, um, you know, where they, where the team would basically just focus on everyone else, say, Hey, Maddie beat us. And there was times where he wasn't really able to create for their offense. Uh, and in, in that I saw, uh, Ramo kind of cater to that a few times and, uh, and try and take over the offense himself. And it didn't really work out sometimes. Sometimes it did. Uh, but yeah, no, I think both of these teams look great. Uh, I picked the Pacers to win this tournament and unfortunately they, uh, they came up short. Uh, I think they have a lot to look forward to. Again, I do. I also agree with Josiah. I think Wolf is the best lockdown in this game or in this league. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Pacers adapt to teams understanding that as well and attacking the Pacers' other defenders because they are going to do it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, with the Warriors, I, when they played uh, the Hawks, I think we saw a better um, – uh, a better execution of, of their game plan. Uh, and we saw that while well, they, they totally flooded the, the Hawks. Um, this, this Warriors team, they, I think that they have a lot of complementary pieces. I think Kina will play really well, or CB13 will play really well next to Beast Move. I think Beast Move uh, will counter that and play really well next to CB13. And the same with Grady and Type. They're both defensive-minded players. Them guarding the pick-and-roll will be great. I think Jin showed his uh, value for this team and production for this team. Those five, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate they were in such a competitive first game where two of those quarters, they ended in ties. Uh because I would have really liked to see this team in the knockout stage. I, 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 I would not be shocked if they ended up going to the, to the finals. This team is really good. Um, I think that they, they had the proper, proper game plans going into both games. It just didn't, they just didn't execute that first game. Uh, but yeah, then the Hawks, um, I was really low on the Hawks. A lot of people were picking the, picking the bucks as last in their power rankings. I was picking the Hawks. Uh, as Will was saying, we kind of had our, or, you know, a few of us kind of had our questions uh, how this backcourt would look and, and things of that sort. I think uh, it came out as predicted. Uh, I, I think that they felt obligated to play Dev at the point guard position because Rando is so good at the sharp position that that he needed to play, but Dev also needed to play because he's he was their 13th overall pick or their first pick, but the 13th overall pick in the draft. Uh, so, yeah, I mean – it was kind of interesting seeing the off the court stuff. Uh, I know we've been seeing on Twitter like Rando play around with Arsenal and stuff like that, and and that's all fine. But once the gameplay happens and Rando's a very competitive player, shots a very competitive player. Uh, the, obviously, these guys are in this league to win. Um, and when it does start going south, it is interesting to see how these players react. Uh, Rando is one of the more high energy players. You saw he was barking at the Pacers guys right when they came up there. Uh, and when things started going south, Rando was trying to figure out what's going on with these guys. He, you know, he was providing that offensive spark, and he wasn't getting that help out of Dev. Um, you know, I am, I am kind of hearing some rumblings of, of some some issues in house, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if they figure it out. Um, 
yeah, I mean, this team is 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 just not set up. And my when they drafted this team, I was I was down on this team, and then finally seeing it in action, this team has more of the prevalent questions uh, that they need answers for that I don't think that they will have answers for uh, out of majority teams in this league. Moving on to Group Six, Celtics crossover gaming played against Pistons GT and Lakers gaming. Josiah, what do you see in this group? There's a lot to see in this group, I think. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on the Celtics yet since we will inevitably talk about them further. For the Lakers, you know, they were better than I thought they would be. Um, you know, Vert, Vert kind of showed out at point guard. Kev looked very, very impressive. Um, their their second-round pick, or their first pick, actually, in the entry draft as a franchise, they look, he looked he looked very impressive. Um, you know, the the team still has what to improve on, as as do most teams. Um, the Lakers, the Lakers did not look too bad at all. The the Pistons again, they they've got what to work on. I'm I'm glad they came out with Styles at point guard. Uh, May at power forward is interesting. Joseph definitely um, tried to back up his his talking at center. You know, Pistons just they traded Ramo, uh, and that's the. That's the fact that's going to hang over their entire season. Um, you know, they would have been a better team with Remo out there. They would have been a substantially better team, and it's hard not to look at them, at least in this first game, you know, especially on a day when they were juxtaposed with the Pacers. It's very, very difficult not to look at the Pistons as the team that traded Remo. Celtics um, had profusion turn into a star overnight. Fab still a great story, a great person, a great point guard, uh, but Profusion kind of stole the limelight. Profusion takes a lot of shots, and his shot selection is not phenomenal. Um, it, it is not particularly phenomenal at all, um, but a made shot turns out to be a good shot uh, at the end of the day, and you know, as it as it as it was shown, um, he makes more of those sometimes than than he doesn't. Um, when he does, the Celtics look like they'll be in a really good position uh, as Bully continues to acclimate to the league and, and playing at a lock. They'll need some more out of Mel, um, but I like no autographs. I continue to like no autographs at center, uh, but Profusion really the talking point for the Celtics with his serious and impressive offensive output. Len, what did you see? Yeah, um... I mean, just to just to, uh, you know, add to what Josiah was saying in regards to Celtics, uh, I do agree. Later on in the tournament, it did turn out that you know Profusion was, uh, you know, one of the less uh, efficient shooters, uh, just because he was the 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 Celtics were just so dependent on his offensive production. No one else was bringing anything to the table offensively. Uh, but in the in the in the group stage, I I believe he shot like. 57% or 50, something uh, close to that uh, from three. Uh, so he was able to get it, but I mean, uh, he was able to hit his shots, but I mean, uh, it was it was interesting, or I was interested while that was happening, how the Celtics team would look had he not been efficient. And we saw how that happened uh, or how that turned out later on in the tournament. But I mean, yeah, the Celtics team, uh, they were my, the, uh, in the, pre, in our, um, Season two preview, I picked them to win the championship. Uh, I'm still uh, fairly optimistic about that. Uh, I, I am a little bit more down on players that uh, I was 
uh, upon coming into the league. Bully, for instance, uh, he did not look good on the lockdown at all to me. Uh, he wasn't really causing it, uh, any sort of issues for point guards, uh, opposing point guards. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say that with them going to the finals, but uh, I'm just looking deeper at um, specific matchups and, and how the, these things can play out. Uh, as the season goes on, uh, I, I didn't get a chance to track him in the sense that I did with UC Manning from Magic Gaming. Uh, but I'd like to just because uh, with the eye test, he's really not passing it for me. So, uh, But needless to say, the Celtics, they, they have everything to still be optimistic about. If they can find someone else to provide an offensive spark for them, uh, if Fab could get a little bit more aggressive, we saw uh, what that did for them when he was able to to uh, do that for them in the semifinals. Uh, but yeah, I mean, needless to say, uh, I think this is a team that's uh, going to be more defensive forward um, and, and, and have, you know, the two guys in Profusion and Fab provide the offensive spark. I'm not sure how well that can go uh, throughout the season. I think that they'll go through their ups and downs if that's the only way they uh, decide to play it out this season. Um but we also saw where it can take them to as well. They made it to the finals. So uh, it's, a, it's not a total total failure with their offense being just that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, and speaking about Pistons, this is a team that is uh, – uh, this is a team that has, has the potential to be really good in Season 3, but they won't be good this year. Uh, I'm just going to staple that just because uh, the specific pieces that they built their team around uh, – were great. I, I love uh, the addition of Styles. I love the addition of May. Uh, you know, I, w- I was hearing rumblings. I even r- reported on a, on Twitter uh, that they were going to play Styles at the lockdown position and run May at the power forward. They ended up coming into the game with Styles at point guard, which you know saves them uh, because he needs to be their point guard. Uh, but they did have May at the power forward position. Uh, Initially, I was confused, but it ends up making sense because May has always played on a 6'11 this year, and people say, oh, hey, May can only play on a 6'11. He won't be able to play that on the league. Well, haha, he raises your cards and says, uh, yes, I will, because um, the, the power forward in the league is a 6'11 uh, power forward. Uh, so he was on that sharp rebounder at the power forward, and he was able to you know, run the pick and roll offensively and defensively too uh, at times. So... Uh, yeah, I, that, that wasn't as confusing to me. The most confusing part to me was their decision to play it safe with their later picks or pick. I think Jacko was kind of a risk, and I think he will provide a better production than Splash King did. But them deciding to take Splash King with their sixth pick was terrible. I, I don't know how else to explain it. They could have taken a player like like Juan from Xbox at Godsent or someone like that. Some of these guys went undrafted who could have really provided a spark for that team that would totally change the landscape of this team had they been in that position that Splash King was in. He just let Profusion go loose that first game while he provided no offensive production for them in that first game. Uh, yeah, I, I, he didn't look any better against the Lakers. Um I, I, I hate to say it, but I think that, you know, that just goes to show a lot of people said coming into this draft, oh, these last picks are just going to be retained guys so they could be that, uh, you know, that good six man as we saw Nacho was with T-Wolves. But when, you know, certain scenarios where, say, they draft a player from overseas who can't get approved for their visa quite quickly enough can't be there for this tournament and you have to play that player that you chose to dis- take the safe route on, 
we see how it could turn out. It, it didn't look out too well. So who knows? Maybe Jack Owl um, uh, shows up and he, you know, he's Dirk Nowitzki or something for them. But uh, if he's not, I don't see this team having uh, any type of um, success this year. I think that they have pieces that they could bring back next year and really develop from that. But outside of that, I don't really like this team. Lakers, um, they looked – you know, they had their ups and downs. They ended up beating the Pistons. Uh, I spoke about in the last podcast that didn't get aired that I believed that Kev would be one of the Sharps that really benefited from this gameplay being like pre-patch 2K19. And and for in fact, he was, uh, you know, the shot contest and things of that sort. He's really able to benefit from. Uh, I'm not as high on Kev as a ball handling sharp. Uh, I don't like him in, in uh, jigging scenarios, uh, quote unquote. But uh, as a catch and shoot sharp, he's going to be one of the best in this league. Uh, no question about it. So as long as, as the gameplay stays the way it does, I see, Ke- I see Kev really thriving in this league. Uh, Moody looked great. I think the biggest question... And obviously, uh, I'm sure a lot of people question this as well, is their point guard. You know, you you select control in the expansion draft when you could have taken someone else who could have played lock for you. They could have took Feast, you know, who could have played lock for them. Uh, You know, there were so many players that they could have had played lock for them. And they and they take a player like control, who was known to be a point guard and it ends up. Uh, who knows? Maybe they try him later, but it turns out that it's not really working out in the scrims or whatever. And they bring out Vert on the uh, point guard build, and he did decent. It wasn't that you know, it wasn't that bad, but it just seems that they're they're just throwing uh, you know, paint at a whiteboard, hoping that it turns into a, a nice artistic piece rather than uh, what you know, capitalizing on the opportunities that they had to really bring in players to solidify their core. But yeah, needless to say, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Lakers are, are kind of middle of the pack, middle of the road team. I would not be shocked if, if Pistons are a lottery team, uh, and I would not be shocked if if uh, if Celtics are a playoff team. Exactly in the sequence of uh, how this group uh, played out. Yeah, with, with the Pistons, um, I, I think you're right about Splash King. He just he didn't make an impact at all in season one, and so. Selecting him, I, I get what the Pistons were trying to do. They, I think they're going really big on the team culture aspect of roster building this year. Uh, there's really, it's hard to believe there's, I don't know. It, the, the roster hasn't quite come together, and they, they really need Jacko. Um, and we'll see how exactly he does when he's plugged into the lineup but um this could be a long season for the pistons we'll we'll see how everything comes together in the regular season but i wasn't entirely sold on their performances um for the lakers the vert experiment at at point guard just it didn't work for me um he just i don't think he looked quite comfortable and to be fair to them they played a close game against the Celtics and and they beat the Pistons by double digits, but control as well. I don't think what was is really the answer at lockdown defender. I I just don't see it with the positions. Which uh, I understand we we don't see what's going on in their scrims and practices and everything, and and maybe it'll just take some time to adjust for both players. But I just didn't see it. The the biggest bright spot on this team for the Lakers by far, I think, was Kev, who just shot lights out uh, without looking at the 
actual numbers just based off what I saw. He looked really good as a um, uh, as a shooter, and so I, I they were really high on him going into the draft. Uh, we'll see if he can keep that up. Um, and this this Lakers team, uh, both the Lakers and the Pistons are, are two teams that are going to have to figure some things out with their lineups, and it kind of showed both teams lost to the Celtics, who are, you know, admittedly a, a really good team. They made it all the way to the finals of this tournament. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what both of them do. I, I, I just I want to see control at point guard invert at lock and see how it goes for the Lakers. And uh, for the Pistons, I just want to see what Jacko can do. I, I just don't think Splash King is really the answer for them. Uh, moving on to Group 7, Blazer 5 Gaming, Bucks Gaming, and Jazz Gaming. The Bucks, they pulled it out, guys. Oh, my God. The Bucks won the group. They beat Blazer 5 Gaming by 15 points. Plondo completely outplayed reigning MVP one wild walnut what what happened in this group josiah you said it the bucks outplayed the blazers um plondo outplayed walnut mama wasn't enough to you know take take the blazers to the elimination rounds one thing that stood out to me about the blazers although they did finish one and one was i think they need a coach um you know i i had didn't get the chance to watch um, their games in as much depth as I would have liked to um, but I think they'll benefit from a lot of creativity um, they sort of stand out to me as a team also whose creativity has been capped um, by the heavy heavy dosage of, of pick and roll with Mama and Walnut and then at, at best some Pro-Am raps um, Peroxide looked good um, especially against his former team but at the end of the day you need to create more um, on offense than straight pick and roll when teams are better this year than they were last year. You know, the same thing that worked for the Blazers in taking them to their 12-2 and league best regular season record and a turn banner is not going to make them the best regular season team in the league again this year. The Jazz, uh, very interesting, compete um, at the three. Kev don't miss at the one. Um, Rhea, Rhea looks like, you know, we all forgot about him as a potential um, rookie of the year candidate. Very, very good player. Um, you know, I don't mind deeds on the walk too much. Uh, I was happy to see um, popular community member 2K Comp Games get on the headset for the Jazz. Um, you know, and, and the Bucks, the Bucks did their thing. Um, a Rooks, formerly Game Six Drake, really did well uh, offensively, in particular shot the lights out, hit some very, very deep threes. Um, Chatty Nick was, was serviceable. I, I love the play that ran to get him his first bucket. Nice little uh, pick or, or screen up, up top to get him going for an alley-oop. Um, Slay played well on Locket and Plondo. You know, Plondo in the first game definitely looked like a, a, sixth, a sixth overall pick. Um, and, you know... Who, who was the sixth overall pick last year? Well, it, it was Walnut. And, you know, if Plondo can continue to play at the level of a sixth overall pick and, and perform like last year's sixth overall pick, you know, the Bucks are, are going to keep proving the doubters wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, the Bucks they're just a fun team to watch, I think. Um, uh, they have shooters, man. Uh, once 
Chatty, he, he was a little slow to start out. He kind of found his groove a little bit later on. But um, when Chatty and A Rooks and uh, Meek are, are hitting their shots, uh, this is this is a really fun team to watch. I, I I keep saying that Big Meek is an elite stretch. Like he is automatic from that corner, and people still leave him open for some reason. He's so good. So. Um, even when he steps in a bit and takes those mid-range shots, he's really good on that stretch. Uh, we all doubted this Bucks team. Almost everyone, I think, doubted this Bucks team. Uh, they definitely showed us something. Um, this is this could be a legitimately good team. Uh, we'll see if it's just a flash in the pan. But uh, they, if they keep the shooting up, then I don't think there's any reason they definitely can't be in playoff contention. At the very least, Plondo is kind of the anchor of that defense uh, down the middle near the rim. He is His defensive IQ is just off the charts, um, some of the best in the league. So, yeah, man, the Bucks, man, like we, <laughs> we've kind of trashed them a bit, but uh, they proved us wrong with this tournament, um, and we'll always admit that. But for Blazer 5, I think uh, a little disappointing to get so thoroughly outplayed in that first game and it, it was just it walnut we mentioned just got completely outplayed by plondo um he i don't know he do you think he needs to make some adjustments to this new build um we'll see it's it's not quite as mashing um they recovered in their second game against the jazz but uh Definitely some more questions. More questions about this Blazer 5 roster this season than there was a last season, I think. So they have some things to figure out. For the Jazz, a uh, bit of an interesting move to put compete at the small forward on the uh, shot creating sharpshooter or whatever it is um, and move Kev Don't Miss to point guard. We'll see if they stick with that or if they're just, you know, trying some things out with the initial tip-off tournaments. Um, we'll see how Compete fits into this meta. I definitely have some questions mm-hmm. about where mm-hmm. Compete goes in this meta. Um, and, uh, yeah, this was... Uh, whew, man, the box. The box won it. Len, what'd you think? Yeah, no, this was uh, probably the... The main group to do you know to, to kind of cause some parity in in this tournament. Uh, you know the the groups leading up to this um, outside of the the first day kind of went as predicted. Uh, but this one, obviously, a lot of people were down on the Bucks and they ended up winning this group. I think uh, the most impressive part of it was how they played against that Blazer Five team. Uh, but with Blazer Five. Um, you know, the, the most uh, interesting part to me was how they looked defensively. Uh, you know, I, I figured it weird to think, you know, ha- currently having the defensive player of the year, just how bad or average, in a sense, they looked defensively that game. Uh, the, the Bucks ended up being the most efficient uh, team in group play. Uh, they shot 62% from the field and or I think 63% or one of those two, 62% from the field and 61% from three tied for the most efficient from three with the Timberwolves. But overall they were the most efficient team. Uh, and I think in a sense that, that, that speaks to 
the shooters that they have. It was it was great to see um, a Rooks, uh, previously known as uh, Game Six Drake, and Chatty Nick shoot so well. As you guys both put on uh, pointed out to how well. Uh, uh, Big Meek was shooting from from the corner as well. I think a lot of people were kind of down on this Bucks team just because they really didn't. Pro- they probably didn't know much about Big Meek and how how uh, a Rooks would look coming into this year. Uh, you know, um, obviously Plondo looked great. You know, the coincidence uh, of this league I find super interesting. How last year the sixth pick overall was one wild walnut, and people kind of questioned it and were like, "Oh, he's a good player, but would you want him as your staple?" And he ended up being the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year this year. The sixth overall p- pick in Plondo, where people were like, "Oh, he's a good player, but you know, with your sixth pick, or you know, it's just kind of confusing." And he ended up outplaying the MVP from last year. So it it was great to kind of to kind of see the coincidence in this league as well. Uh, uh, everything about this Bucks team uh, looks better than what we all anticipated. Uh, Chatty looks great. You know, a lot of people figured he was a reach, but if you played on PS4 this year, you kind of you you kind of already knew he was a great player. I think there was still I even myself I had my reservations as him as the point guard, and even still so I I still think they utilized him as a great uh, you know ball handler that also was uh, you know kind of playing off ball in a sense at times to a rooks. Uh, they did a really good time, a, a really good job of, you know, splitting time between those two. And I, I think it allowed uh, chatty to thrive because he, he has really good off ball movement and things of that sort. And a rooks is really good on ball. Uh, so I think it catered to both of their strengths and, uh, you know, kind of, diluted their weaknesses in the sense where maybe Chatty's not the best ball handler and, and a Rooks as well, but allowing them to, you know, get switches and create uh, mismatches and things of that sort uh, really helps both of them two out. I think the biggest aspect, as you guys both pointed out, Plondo's defensive IQ, but not only just his defensive IQ, but his chemistry with Slay. I think getting both of those two with your first pick and, and just totally, you know, uh, nailing down your pick and roll defense with those two is really going to prove vital for this team. Uh, I, I will be interested to see how they look when they aren't shooting as efficiently and teams do catch up to how their offense is running. Uh, but needless to say, they came out, uh, you know, fireworks sparking. Uh, they, they were just scoring on, on, on both teams, both efficiently. They ended up losing to the Jazz, but they still looked decent in that game as well. Uh, so, yeah. But, yeah, back to that Blazer 5 team. I spoke – I'm not sure if Lavish is really their answer at lock. I'm not sure who else could play it as well. Maybe David. Uh, but he uh, – David, uh, formerly known as Too Cool, he, he looked in over his head that first game. Uh, the second game, we weren't really able to see how he'd fight – through sort of adversity, uh, they were up in that game so much that, you know, he was able to just kind of, you know, go off of all of his teammates' energy in that game. Uh, but we definitely saw he wasn't able to really uh, spark the offense at all or defense um, for them in that first game against the Bucks. I'll be interested to see... I, I think that this Blazers 5 team is uh, going to be one of the better offensive teams. Mama, I think he he had... Uh, 25 points against the Bucks and 29 against uh, uh, the Jazz. So needless to say, he's scoring uh, just as well as he was last year for this offense. Um, I think that the biggest difference is Walnut is still a great center, but this game does not um, 
it does not cater. It, it, it's not set up in a sense where Walnut can can um, uh, produce for the offense and defense in ways that he was able to last year. And I think that's that. They're, that's going to be their biggest transition. I think uh, peroxide was great uh, for them uh, throughout both games. I think he will be needed a little bit more if they are going to be as successful as they were last year, uh, or or the two other guys are going to need to step up and provide some offense too. But uh, yeah, I, I, they came out guns blazing in the second game. So maybe this whole first game was a fluke, and we'll see it. Uh, I think if anything, they do. They are going to want to. Um, if they could have it either way, they'd rather start off slow and then win it all at the end because we saw how it went last year when they started off hot and then they ended up losing in the first round in the 2K League playoffs. So, um, yeah, needless to say, I'm, I'm interested to see how this team looks throughout the year. Uh, I was high on them coming in. With them not making it out of the group, I'm still pretty high up on them, uh, and I'll be interested to see how they look. With the Jazz, uh, before the game started on, on uh, Friday – uh, my biggest question was, I want to see how Compete looks on the play sharp. Uh, and then come to find out he's not even on the play sharp. Uh, so as, as you both mentioned, uh, it is going to be interesting to see how Compete looks this year with the current meta and uh, the gameplay. Um, Kev don't miss. He, 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 um, he, you know, people were kind of high up on, um, high up on him after, uh, he hit a uh, he hit a few big shots, but overall he he just wasn't that efficient. And him playing that position, you know, he's been a sharpshooter for so long. Uh, he played lock a little bit this year too. But um, him being your uh, sort of ball handler, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out throughout the season. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the answer. Uh, in my opinion, you bring back compete to be that sort of ball handler uh, and and kind of facilitate your offense. I wouldn't necessarily say Kev is uh, the best option for that, but also I was reading that they just started playing him there like maybe three days ago. So this might not even be a Jazz team who's even close to um, reaching their prime. Uh, I, I mean, I, it's it, it's not my – it's definitely not a team who, who – uh, is is close to being where they want to be. So uh, that's a team who who I'd be interested to see how they look come midseason uh, once they start to really uh, develop into who they want to be. So yeah, overall, um, this team, you know, this group provided parity. But uh, uh, after looking at the numbers and watching the games, I'm not shocked at how the Bucks looked. Let's talk about the knockouts real quick. We'll just go through the quarterfinals here. Magic overcoming the Raptors and their double locks, the 76ers handling the T-Wolves and their explosive uh, backcourt duo. Celtics crossover gaming getting a very close win over Pacers gaming. Ramo had the chance at a last second shot to win it, wasn't able to get it through. Heat check handling the surprise Bucks gaming handily, 67-53. Let's give a uh, some quick thoughts on these semifinals, uh, Magic Gaming versus 76ers Gaming. What do you see, Josiah? Just a couple quick thoughts. I'm just going to take this, you know, to, to really praise Steez, who's, who's one of the wiliest and, and savviest players in the league. He's such an integral part of what the 76ers do offensively and defensively. You know, he's filled the gap uh, that Feast 
left when he departed in the expansion draft, but his pick-and-roll chemistry on offense, on defense with Radiant is just so phenomenal, and, and he, he's such a smart player. He makes the right reads. He thinks well. He thinks quickly. Uh, that that's been a, that was a key key part in the 76ers' success throughout, including this the semifinal win. Uh, and you know, wanted to give the time to give him a little credit for that. Len, yeah, no, this uh, it was interesting to see a kind of a team have. They were what eleven at halftime or something like that. Uh, and it was interesting to see a, a kind of team uh, really take a lead on the Sixers. We saw teams give them, you know issues but never quite took over a lead and then it was also interesting to see how the Sixers were able to fight through that adversity and and come back and actually win that game my biggest question for the Magic coming into this was the um how Reed would be playing at point guard and he just hasn't been efficient uh I'm not totally out on him yet but that was my question coming into this year and uh he didn't quite answer that the best way yet yeah Reezy he shot what like two for 12 in this game something like one for eight from three-point range, which was kind of what did the magic in. Uh, I mean, we, we, we've said time and time again on this podcast uh, about rookie point guards, and generally a lot of players needing to find their shot. Um, Reezy is definitely among them. Uh, this, could, this, this can be a very dangerous magic team, though, if he finds his shot and... Uh, uh, the other guys continue doing what they're doing, especially UC Manny and King Cam Royalty. Uh, Josiah, what do you see in this Celtics crossover gaming and heat check gaming semifinal matchup? Man, what a what a slugfest! Um, tough, tough for both teams. Um, you know, Jay Money, a tough shot, very tough shot late in the game. But uh, as their coach, uh, famous enough, pointed out, they wouldn't have been there uh, without his contributions until that point. Uh, you know, sometime in this league with the parity that that exists and the competitive nature of teams one through twenty one, sometimes you know you just got to be the team that wins these sort of slugfests. And the Celtics were able to do that. They're they're a very good tournament team at at getting to the finals, and they pulled this one out. Yeah, it was almost like fate that the Celtics get back to the finals again. The Heat were up for basically this entire game. And then the Celtics went on a run late, and you talked about the uh, ill-advised Jay Money shot at the end. But, you know, uh, it happens. You live with that when you have a rookie point guard, especially with uh, a guy who has a, a ceiling that Jay Money has. Um, this was, like you said, a slugfest, and this was kind of where we started to see the cracks in the Celtics' armor, uh, especially on the offensive end. Len, what'd you see? Yeah, I mean, uh, adding to that, um, this is kind of the first... I mean, we kind of all had our doubts uh, when we saw how much and uh, how much provision was uh, depended on for their offensive production uh, in the group stage. Uh, he was responsible for 58% of the uh, Magic's total points uh, in that group stage. Uh well, whereas when we came into the, the the semifinals, the Heat just totally took him out of the game and said someone else beat us, uh, and it was interesting to see Fab do that. You know, Fab he he started seeing okay, they're just totally keying on profusion, and then that last quarter he just totally took over. It was a quite the fourth quarter performance there by him. So uh, yeah, I think that's that's the bit that's my biggest takeaway 
So let's talk about these finals. 76ers handily beating Celtics crossover game. This game was never really even close. The 76, 76ers jumped out to a huge lead early, and they just clearly looked like the better team. Uh, this this it, It's interesting because the beginning of this tournament, you know, everyone's really high on the Celtics. Um, I'm not sure if if I'm as high as them on them as I was going into this tournament as I am coming out, even though they made it to the finals, because what happens when Profusion isn't hitting? And Profusion was hitting against two teams who have a lot of question marks in the group stages in... Uh, um, Pistons GT and Lakers gaming, but when he's not going, what does this team do? And the, the the biggest part about that is Bully and Mel East were just complete black holes on offense. They sat in the corner, and when they did shoot it, they weren't good at it at all. And so once Perfusion isn't hitting, uh, uh, no autographs wasn't... Uh, enough of an offensive force or they didn't involve him in the offense enough for him to make up for that and it seemed like a lot of times Fab was deferring a little too much to Profusion even when Profusion was on like a 7 miss streak and he had a cold ring Fab was still passing it to him and trying to get a 3 point shot so I, I have a lot of questions now about the Celtics team even more than I did going into this tournament Josiah, what do you think about that? It's finally time for me to praise Radiant. I think you're right about the Celtics, that they have a lot of questions still to be answered offensively. You know, I I trust Rico to get the guys together on offense, integrate more sets, more plays to get the shots that they want, you know, not rather than have Fab need to create for himself or Profusion, who who is underratedly becoming, you know, much better at freeing himself up, you know, shiftier on offense this year than he was last year. But again, as, as we've said, not necessarily the best shot selection, wants to shoot, wants to score, and, you know, the Celtics look good when he does and, and less good when he doesn't, you know, but for the 76ers, how can you not appreciate Radiant? Uh, and Steve is in the pick and roll. The pick and roll absolutely eviscerated the Celtics. Uh, Radiant is, is phenomenal wherever you put him. Where, whatever he decides to do, he's going to do it well. Um, you know, steps out, hits the three, you know, blows past his defender, forced the Celtics to adjust. You need to be a very, very smart and communicative defender to play against the 76ers pick and roll. The Celtics just weren't that in the finals, and, and they rightfully got, got the doors blown off them in the first quarter, and then the 76ers coasted to a very easy finals win. Len? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, obviously, I, as I just spoke in regards to uh, the um, the offensive production from Perfusion being needed, uh, he wasn't able to provide that in the finals either. But I don't think that that was the case for them totally just getting demolished this game. I think the biggest thing was my, you know, reservations in regards to Bully uh, in the pick-and-roll defense not being up to par and what I thought would be much better than that, what I thought, you know, what it ended up turning out to be. So, uh, and I think that proved vital this game. He could not stop Radiant. Uh you know, Radiant's, def- you know, definitively considered the best point guard now. Uh, and you, your lockdown needs to um, at least, you know, 
take him off his marker just a little bit. Uh, if you're letting him get to his spots, as uh, the T-Wolves allowed him to do, uh, and as Celtics allowed him to do, you're never going to beat this team. Uh, they'll beat you uh, quite easily. Uh, whereas we saw with UC Manny, he gave him a little bit more fits, and they were up at halftime. So uh, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the Sixers team far and out, uh, you know, they, they were, they've been beating everybody in the scrims. Uh, they went 5-0 and in this tournament. I don't know how they're not the uh, number one in every power ranking and uh, everyone's favorite uh, going into the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to point out, I was the one among us who <laughs> picked the 76ers to win the entire championship, and you two have the Celtics winning. Although so, it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting that the tip off finals was all three of our championship picks. I you know, we're just we're just smart guys, you know. We're just <laughs> we're on top of all this. Um <laughs> Sorry, or I can't some, say that laughing. Or something. Yeah, or, or or something. Or something. Um Oh now Josiah wants to be humble. You're right. Talking about his, his group winners and everything early on. All right. Um, let's <laughs> talk about being fired. Jeez. Jeez. I, you know, there were. Uh, we'll we'll not talk about last podcast. Actually, there was, there were way too many things said that should have been said. Probably. Yeah. Um, let Let's talk about surprising. Josiah, what's the team that surprised you the most? You, you got to look at the magic. Um, they put uh, together a phenomenal tournament. You know, disappointing for them not to go all the way, but you know they're definitely one of the front runners based on that tournament alone. You see, Manny, a very very impressive lock, King Cam grabbing every rebound in sight. I think you know they're going to be even better when Rizzi gets his shot and and you know rookie rookie moves under under control. Uh, you know they're they're a very very impressive team for me. Uh, definitely surprising, you know, to the extent that they were just able to to do so well throughout. Um, you know, asterisk and all in, in their win over the Knicks, but you know they were. I don't think the Knicks or the Nets had they won their group would necessarily have gotten to the point that the Magic did. So you know they're they're far and away I think the team that that really really impressed me the most. Len, what's who's the team that surprised you? I would have to go with the Bucks. I, I mean, the the Magic surprised me too, but I, I just think with how efficient the Bucks looked, uh, that it's just um, surprising to say the least, um, for lack of a better word. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, they look with their team. They have five guys who actually you don't see a weak link. I think that's one of the more interesting things. Where coming into this season, a lot of people, you know, were down on. Not necessarily down on Plondo. They just didn't like him going that early and and not believing he would provide the production of someone who went that early. Uh, but he showed he could be that. Um, same with Slay being a first-round pick. A lot of people believe they could have got him in the second round. Moving on to Chatty Nick, they thought they could have got someone like him in the later rounds, probably fourth round. Uh, and then people were just down on, on Meek and A. Rooks, uh, and they, they all five proved that um, you know they belong to be in this league. So that probably surprised me the most. Yeah, I think the Bucks and the Magic are, are the definitely the two most surprising. If I had to settle on one, I'd say the Bucks, um, just because I mean, we, all of us and and most of the community had big questions about their draft and how everything was going to fit together. But 
I think everything does fit together really well. And uh, we saw that and they won. I mean, you have to give them credit. They won in a group that had Blazer 5, who were the regular season champions from last year, who have the reigning MVP and defensive player of the year. And they beat Jazz Gaming, who have the first overall pick from this year, the third overall pick from last year, and and, uh, 2K Comp Games as head coach. So a lot of credit, well-deserved, has to be given to Bucks Gaming. Josiah, who was a very disappointing team for you in this tip-off tournament? Disappointing team for me. You know, I'll I'll stick in group two. You know, I thought the Knicks were going to show a little more than they did, um, you know, again... (laughs) could have got that win over the magic possibly um had things played out differently but you know i think you got to look at at i'm adam the first first game of the tournament as something that can never happen again for the knicks really um you know i think they have a lot of good pieces um and because they have a lot of good pieces they have the high expectations that you know come even on top of winning a championship last year so for them not to advance and to lose to their their crosstown rivals, their subway series foes, their battle of the borough, um, best buddies in the Nets is is a disappointment. Uh, it's a disappointment, and that's something they'll they'll be certainly looking to rectify in the regular season. Len, what about you? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I agree with that, but I, I'll go another route. I I am. Um... I'm disappointed in Grizz Gaming. I think on paper they were one of the teams that impressed me with their draft. Uh, not necessarily the most, but their, their draft really impressed me uh, and just how they looked. They probably looked like the worst team in the league uh, in, in group play. Uh, with, you know, it, the, the crazy part about the group that they were in was they played against a point guard that they passed on uh, to take Vandy with the seventh pick in Bear the Beast. And Bear just severely outplayed Vandy. And it just, you know, you know, those are t- t- kind of things I, I look at as, you know, circumstances and an opportunity uh, to see where results are at now. And uh, that, that's just something that's that's really going to be interesting to me is how, how this team, granted being t- talented on paper, will capitalize when, when they, when, you know, when these games start tipping off. Yeah, I, this is a tough pick for me, I think, because I don't think any teams that I expected to be decent or good had any sort of catastrophic results at the tournament. Um, I don't know. It, maybe maybe I'll stick with Group 3 and go with the Wizards. Um, it, they just kind of they were awful against T-Wolves Gaming, if we're, if we're going to be blunt about it. Um, and they needed a last-second bucket to, to beat Grizz Gaming. So I, I, I'm i not entirely sure where I would slot the Wizards in, in the grand scheme of things in my in-head power rankings, but um, probably expected them to still do better than they already did especially they they returned three players at the very least and at one point they had four players from season one on the court and it just it didn't look great so they have a lot of things to work on let's talk about most surprising players in this tournament who was it for you josiah 
Hmm, that's 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 a really good question. Most surprising players. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna stick with the disappointment route and go with Vandy here. You know, I thought he and Authentic would wind up becoming a, a fearsome tandem pretty quickly with with uh, the Grizz. That is not the case yet. I definitely don't think it's it's out of the question for the regular season. I think they'll uh, you know get it together uh, to some extent going forward. But you know he he did not do the team many favors in his first games on stage. Something he he really has to improve on. And you know as someone who foolishly picked the Grizz to win the group, that's that's a disappointment. And and a large part of that was was Vandy's you know, first time on the stage. Did you just completely? skip over the question and just move on to the next one i said surprising yeah and then you just said that's a tough one then you talked about disappointing were you going to disappointing players after this yeah what you didn't even answer the surprising surprising is not necessarily good yeah he could be surprised that was no that was the format of the last thing though where we said surprising as i thought it was implied it was good because the next question is disappointing. Jeez, tough crowd. I, uh, okay. Who, I, understand, who, I understand both sides. Okay, all right. Which, who, which one Josiah, would you like me to answer here? You already answered disappointing. Okay. You just said it was Vandy. So who was surprising to you in a good way? A player that made a positive surprise uh, on my yes. NBA 2K League consciousness. I've you know, you got to give it to Plondo. And really, I could pick any number of, of Bucks players. Plondo, as we said earlier, outplayed Walnut. Plondo was a key, key part in helping the Bucks to, to winning that group. He looked really good. Really, really good. Um, that's not something I can say I foretold at all. Uh, you know, I could have also picked A. Rooks playing really, really well. Slay with some good defense. Chatty Nick, a uh, very capable point guard. Plondo, you know, a lot of expectations on him as the sixth overall pick and a surprising sixth overall pick at the time, and he was most surprisingly impressive. Len, who was a surprising player to you in a good way in this tournament? Yeah, I think uh, I, I would have to go with Nudini here. I think um, uh, the the production he provided for that team defensively, I'm not sure they win at all if he's not playing to that type, to that level. Um, he he was playing really really well on the lockdown position, uh, and I'm not sure he played it at all much this year on pro am. I saw him play center, point guard, um, sharp, but n- never quite saw him on lockdown. So it was it was refreshing to see him going against some pretty good point guards and, and, and looking like a really good lock. What about, uh, well, I'm, I'm surprised no one mentioned King Cam Royalty. I mean, we know he's good, but, I mean, 319 rebound games is still absolutely insane, and I, I think you can definitely make the case that he was a big reason, maybe the biggest reason they made it so far into this tournament. I mean, the guy was an absolute horse on the boards and so um if i had to pick some other ones um maybe this this isn't based you know i i don't think these guys are good but just uh their their overall performance um stood out uh maybe a guy like strainer third round pick who looked really good on the calves uh len mentioned nudini he looked really good lottie he was a first-round pick, but he played even better than I thought he would on that lock. He was 
uh, a real key part of why the Heat got all the way to the semifinals. Um, Josiah already told us his most disappointing player. Len, who's yours? Oh, um, you know, after saying I was so disappointed in Grizz Gaming, I, I, I'm going to have to look at the helm of that and um, in Vandy. You know, they, they brought him in with the top 10 pick, number seven overall, and he didn't look like it at all. He probably, you know, there was I'm, – I'm trying to think right now, what point guard do I think looked worse than him this tournament? And I can't think of one. Maybe like a pro. Wow. Uh, but, but he, he, he just, you know, he, he just didn't look comfortable that good at all. There was even a point in the broadcast where they showed the, um, the, the, the team – or they let us listen into the team audio – and and um, I think it was uh, the wolves were barking at him, and he said, "Oh, that doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me." And, and Lane kind of checked him and was like, "Oh, if you're telling us it doesn't bother you, it probably does." And it just showed in his gameplay. I mean, he just didn't look comfortable there on stage. So uh, I'm holding Vandy to a higher standard than playing like a last round pick. So uh, yeah, he definitely disappointed me. I'm gonna go with a uh, a guy who wasn't very much talked about. Um, I'm going to go with Demon JT mm. of the Wizards. Um, mm-hmm. He needs to be a big part of this Wizards team if they, if they want to make the playoffs. Um, him and Dayfry, they're the two biggest pieces of this squad, and you need them to be that pick-and-roll duo that they need to be. You need them. You need JT to be a scorer in this backcourt. He just wasn't that, and uh, he didn't shoot very well at all and he didn't play very well in either of their games whether in their win or their loss so i think he needs to really pick it up if the wizards want to do anything um but i think that's that's all we we had to talk about this has run over two hours at this point on our end um almost two hours by the time you'll be listening to it uh so i guess we'll, we'll wrap things up from there um, we'll do a better effort at uh, trying to keep things shorter um, in the regular season as we do these podcasts, try to keep it in that 45-minute range. Um, but, yeah, that's everything. Josiah, where can the people find you in all of your wonderful content? The people can find me on Twitter at JosiahCohen13. You can also find me writing uh, at dimer2k.com Len, where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Len, L-E-N underscore 2K uh, Even during these games I'm, I'm going to be, you know, live tweeting my my uh, analysis and, and thoughts on the game, but I'll also be writing on um, dimer2k.com as well uh, I'm also playing the game competitively uh every every so often so you could also find me on twitch at twitch.tv backslash len griffey and yeah that's where you can find me you can find me on twitter at will beverina b-e-v-e-r-i-n-a uh i write on dimer2k.com follow dimer on twitter at dimer2k if you're not following dimer and you're listening to this podcast what are you doing um and uh, yeah, follow all of us on Twitter during the games because we're going to be providing our instant thoughts, our, our quick snap judgments as we're watching everything 
uh, and uh, Len was providing all of the math that I could never provide because My I'm awful at math. <laughs> uh, yeah, th this this tournament did made us do way more math than any of us uh, ever wanted to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> were you? No, Are you going to say something? I could say something, but <laughs> I figure just... at this point, it just, yeah, we'll cut it. All right, all right. Um, so, yeah, that's it, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, and we will start seeing you on a lot more regular basis, starting with the regular season, as we do these podcasts more and more. So probably see you next week, and uh, we'll talk about the regular season, which is finally upon us and uh see you then have a good one